Well, thanks for coming tonight. We are thrilled you're here. A couple more fun announcements before we get started. Jim and Janine Hardy are right here, and tomorrow they celebrate 50 years of marriage. Jim and Janine. Woo-wee! I want to be like these people. God sent them our way, and we are blessed. I was watching during worship. We got Don and Shirley Matthews right over here. Don is 89 years old, 89 years young. Shirley, I don't know, she's 53 or 4 probably. I'm not sure. But anyway, they're here on a Friday night worshiping and going for it. I want to be like you on a Friday night. I'd love to be an 89-year-old in the house of God on a Friday night. So give it up for the Matthews. Kristen Massey, as Brett said, she's here from Kenya. She's working and living in a, in a Muslim village in East Kenya. And she bought a one-way ticket months ago last year. And, and before she left, uh, we, we, we told the church, you know, she's going, she's a single woman going to serve these people that she doesn't know. And she's learning the language and she's going for it. And I invited her down to the front of the stage and you all came down and you gave her over $7,000 cash that night. I mean, just only in the church do we get to celebrate these victories and, and name these names and just say, let's keep going. Let's be the people of God. So we welcome you home. Kristen, you are a blessing. We love you. Tonight, if you have your Bibles, you can turn to Matthew 6. If you don't have your Bibles, it'll be on the screen, no sweat. But we're in the seventh week of our series, uh, Praying with Jesus, and we're looking through the Lord's Prayer. So what we're going to do tonight is we're going to pray the Lord's Prayer to start. This is what we've been doing for the last seven weeks. So I want you to really engage your heart here. I want you to not mail it in. This is not some sort of academic pursuit. Oh, the Lord's prayer. Like, I want you to pray this with me and invite Jesus to speak afresh to all of us tonight. So would you join me in praying the words that the Lord Jesus taught us to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. And all God's people said. And so Jesus, we say, speak, speak speak. If you don't speak, we'll have wasted our time. If this is on me to be tricky or gimmicky or funny or cool, Lord, we, we're in trouble. But if you are the spirit of the, the God who has spoken from of old, if your spirit is here tonight, Jesus, we're going to be fine. And so we say, have your way. Tonight, we invite you to disrupt us. Dangerous prayers. What else are we going to pray? Lord, we invite you to challenge us. We invite you to encourage us. We invite you to make us new. We invite you to raise us up from the ash heap and to seat us in your kingdom. We invite you, Spirit, to have your way. May the words of our mouths and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord our strength and our redeemer. And we pray in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit and all God's people said,
Amen. It's the end of the school year, and I don't know whether to say praise the Lord or shoot. There's so many. It's both. It's both and. Uh, can't wait to get the kids back, and that's going to be fun. And whew, all the teachers are saying praise the Lord. But it's the end of the school year, and it's finals coming up next week. You know, finals week. My, I got a girl, Lillian. She'll turn 14 next Friday night. And uh, so it's finals week and they're doing recaps and study guides and they're, you know, study hall and early mornings and really late nights. And, you know, some of, sometimes it doesn't matter how prepared you are. There's just kind of that low grade hum of, am I going to be okay? Are we going to make it? And Sprint through the finish line, we keep telling her. It's going to be fine. Summer's coming next week. And the, sum, the summaries and the recaps and the study guides. And tonight we're going to end our series. We're, we're in finals week uh, in this series, week seven of the Lord's Prayer. And recap of Cliff's Notes summary of the gospel tonight. And so here's a, a brief summary of this last phrase. The phrase we're going to look at tonight is, For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. That's what we're going to study. But here's... A brief summary of what's going on in the Gospels. The Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, they give us the story of two kings and two kingdoms. You open up the Gospels, those ancient texts, and you hear the story of two kings and two kingdoms. King number one, Caesar Augustus. Luke chapter two, in those days there went out a decree from the emperor Caesar Augustus that all the world should be taxed or registered, that there was a census, that you gotta go back to your home country, the, the land of your ancient forebears and check back in. We gotta know who we're working with so that we can know who to tax and so that we can know who to draft into military service. It's time to get our numbers right again. And so Caesar Augustus, one person, has the ability to, to flip a switch and the whole world has to respond to him. They all start moving. They all start marching in step. And, and, and we, we know this story from Luke chapter two that Caesar Augustus calls the census. One man can get the world moving. Caesar Augustus at this point is 60 years old. The ruler of Rome, the ancient superpower of the known world, there was nobody like the world's great superpower, Rome. And at 60 years old, this was his 25th year as the king, the ruler. And he was referred to, the people of his dominion, his territories, they referred to him as the king of kings. I mean, it's a big language. They referred to him as the Lord of Lords, which, which shows you just how sort of subversive the New Testament is when it speaks of Jesus Christ, the king of kings and the Lord of Lords. Put that in your pipe and smoke it, Caesar. That's what's happening there. They're cutting him out at the legs going, oh, you think you're the king of kings? Just you wait. 25 years ruler, Caesar uh, was the son of Gaius Julius Caesar Augustus, who was a legend in his own right, his father. But now here he comes, Caesar Augustus, and he's next level. He's taking what his father has done, and he's multiplying it. He's taking new territories, and the army is stronger than ever, and he rules with an iron fist. Get out of his way. And so they see what his dad did, and then they see this young buck who's now 60 in his 25th year of his reign, and he walks into town, and they clap, and they play the band, and the king of kings and lord of lords, the first king that we see in the Gospels is Caesar Augustus. He would say, peace to the whole region. He, he reigned and created the Pax Romana, the peace of Rome. From Gibraltar to Jerusalem and from Britain to the Black Sea, 
It hadn't been done in 200 years what he had done to bring together the nations under his rule. We love powerful kings and queens and Lisa and I admittedly binge watch The Crown and we just, we're interested in history and oh my goodness and the, the beautiful castles and the palaces and the wealth and the, 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 the cars and the horses, all, just all the history, it's, it's fascinating. And we still to this day love kingly and queenly figures, Jeff Bezos, Bill Gates and Steve Jobs, may he rest. And, and we've got the Queen of England. He's been reigning 7,000 years. And, uh, and I just, it's fascinating. I love going over there. I've been to England almost 20 times now. And I stayed in Windsor once, the, the, the castle. And like just unbelievable, just holy ground it feels like, right? I remember, uh, I think it was two years ago, Oprah came to speak at Colorado College for their graduation. And, and I, she flew in on Saturday night and Sunday morning early she spoke. And I was just paying attention to the story in the media. And I was out, out with Lisa in our backyard. And we live out in, in the country. And all of a sudden, this private jet flies over. And there's an O on the tail. Saturday night, there she is. I mean, I'm like, you know, I'm, it was a really cool moment. She comes in on the flight path and they whisk her with this black motorcade over to the Broadmoor and she stays there Saturday night, gets up early Sunday, speaks at, I almost said preaches. She spoke at the graduation and then she flew back. It was, it was cool. Like we just, we're interested in these kinds of storylines, aren't we? Caesar was 60 years old when he was, the king of kings and the lord of lords and creating the Pax Romana. But king number two is Jesus, the Christ child. King of kings, lord of lords, 60 years old, 25th year of his reign, Gibraltar to Jerusalem, Britain to the Black Sea, and then there's this little baby born in this manger in Bethlehem, and the whole story changes cutting him out at the knees. Oh, you think you're the king of the world. There is one who was and is and is to come. There is one who from everlasting said, let there be, and there was. And all of a sudden, he comes crashing into time. Mary, the virgin, gives birth to this little child, and the magi from the east come, bringing gold and frankincense and myrrh, and they bow down. These are wise men. These are, these are the intelligentsia of the ancient world. These people are loaded. They've got deep pockets, and they're astrologers paying attention to the stars and something in them. They follow the star. Something's happening and they come ready to worship. And this little Christ child is given these gifts. Worship starts breaking out and the Roman Empire trembles because the King of kings and the Lord of lords is finally here. Caesar shows his power by commanding the whole world to do whatever he wants. But Jesus grows and shows his power by going slow and by being subject to his parents and by being subject to his community and going to his church. And ultimately, this little child grew up and he grew in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and man, says Luke 2, verse 40 and 52. And, and he grew up and ultimately he was faithful to his father. Anything you say, I'll say it. And anything you do, I'll do it. And, and I'll be faithful to you. And this Christ child grows. Caesar starts at the top. He gathers and serves the rich so that they can rule over the poor. If you were friends with Caesar, it was really good to live in Rome for you. Jesus, the Christ child, he starts at the bottom. 
born of a teenage single mom, and he's in Nazareth. Can anything good come from Nazareth? The demoniac runs up to this man as he's 30 years old, and he steps onto the shore, and the Gadarenes on the other side of the tracks. Jesus shows up, and all the wrong people start racing up to him on the wrong side of the Sea of Galilee. And they're at the end of the story, he runs up at the beginning, and he's naked, and he's frothing at the mouth, and he's been chained up among the tombs, and he's been gashing himself, and the city doesn't know what to do with him. At the end of the story, because he's come up to the King of Kings and Lord of Lords, it says he's clothed. And in his right mind. Because Jesus starts at the bottom and puts people back together. The king of kings and the Lord of lords. Caesar's peace came at a steep cost to all of his dissidents. Jesus' peace came at a steep cost to himself. He hung on a tree. He gave his life for you and me. Jesus starts at the bottom and brings life all the way up to the top. This one's different. Caesar's reign was established by dehumanizing people. Jesus' reign was known for rehumanizing people. Hey, you want to stone that lady? Hey, come here. Hey, ma'am, where are your accusers? Yeah, I don't see them either. Let's go. Sin no more. Demoniac. No one wants to be around him. Jesus goes, hey, you know the first thing Jesus says to him? He swirls up. I mean, the Tasmanian devil in the flesh. He runs up to him and is butt naked. He's in his birthday suit. And he runs up to Jesus. And the whole town doesn't know what to do. And Jesus doesn't go, oh, my God. Where's my entourage? You know. First thing he says, what is your name? When was the last time this guy had his name spoken? Rehumanizing the world and putting people back together. We're living in a unique cultural moment. We live among a people that want the strength of a kingdom without having to submit to a king. Oh yeah, kingdom, whoo part of the kingdom, bro, kingdom. Why, why kingdom? Infrastructure and organization and power and good roads and kingdom. And, you know, we got a military that'll go out and fight if someone bows up against us. We got, we're gonna send out, give me the kingdom. But nobody wants to worship a king. Nobody wants to lay down their lives for a king. In the moment that we live in, we want all the stuff that we could ever have, the, the, the goodness of the kingdom, but nobody wants to lay down their lives and take up a cross and deny themselves and follow the true king. As long as the kingdom remains a concept and as long as the kingdom doesn't cost anything, most people are great with it. But to pray yours is the kingdom is to pledge allegiance to King Jesus. Yours is the kingdom. Okay, I'll put all my chips on the table with you. Okay, I'll, I'll deny myself and take up my cross and follow you. Okay, Jesus, whatever you say goes. Yours is the kingdom, is to pledge our allegiance to King Jesus. That's the first thing I want you to see tonight. Yours is the kingdom. Let's go. I'll follow you to the end. Second thing, second phrase is yours is the power. 
Yours is the power. The gospels, these are power documents. <laughs> John the Baptist, go tell John. Jesus, John's locked up in the prison. It's his cousin, John the Baptist. And Jesus is going out and John's disciples run over to Jesus and they go, hey, John wants to know, your cousin wants to know, like, are you really it? Are you the guy? Are you the Messiah? Is, are we waiting for someone else? And Jesus says, go back and tell John, the blind see, the lame walk, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, the poor have the gospel preached. Game on, baby. <laughs> like, here we go. And, it, and, and everywhere he goes, like, life is breaking out, and the kingdom is breaking out, and healing is breaking out, and joy is breaking out, and the lonely are being set into family. Everywhere Jesus goes, like, yours is the the power, this is the one who can shift into a different gear and make some stuff happen. This is the one that, that speaks from a distance and someone gets healed in a different town. Like, he's different, different. Yours is the power. Feeding 5,000, five loaves and two fish and they're all stumped and nobody knows what to do. And you got 5,000 men, not including women and children. We got 20,000 people there that day. And they bring him five loaves and two fish from a little kid who was on a field trip. And Jesus goes, sit down, get, get him in fifties and hundreds. And he blesses it and he breaks it and he passes it. Who is this guy that can do this stuff? Yours is the power. Acts chapter 10, Luke writes his second gospel. He writes Luke and then he goes into Acts and it says in Acts 10, 37, you know what has happened throughout the province of Judea? beginning in Galilee after the baptism that John preached, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power, and how he went around doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil. They were under the devil's power because God was with him. This is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Caesar's gotta kill people to let people know that he's powerful. Jesus will be killed to let people know that he's powerful. <laughs> Caesar's got to dominate others so that he can feel good about himself at night. Jesus can lay down his life so that that woman can be lifted up out of the dirt and restored to life. Jesus is the one who just, he knows how to leverage power for the good of other people. Caesar knows how to leverage power for their demise. He's different. He's, he's got power. Many people today are uncomfortable with power, and I'm, I get it. Many of us have seen power abused. Many of us have been dominated by someone's power that's been perverted. We've suffered. We've lived in fear. We've trembled under the tyranny of another. Because we've seen power abused, very often we want to do with the, away with the concept altogether. The task, though, with regard to power is to learn whose it is and what it's for. Power is a real thing, and we're not eschewing it. We're not running away from it. We're not acting as if it's not. That would be stupid. The task with power is to know whose it is and what it's for, and Jesus shows us who it is, whose it is, and what it's for. An African bishop, Maponga, he said, any church that does not train its people in power is a slave yard. The power of God is real. Like, like you don't show people what's real. You don't show people what God can do. You don't show people that by the power of the spirit, they've been transformed. Like any, any church that doesn't let people know that this power is real and that it can be redemptive and that you can draft in behind God who uses power beautifully, any church that doesn't teach that is, is signing its people up for just a lifetime of slavery, being soft and weak, power of God and the power of the people of God. And this Sunday is Pentecost Sunday. 
where we remember that after Jesus rose and ascended to the right hand of the Father, what happens is the Spirit is poured out, Acts chapter one, on one occasion. While Jesus was eating with them, he had just been raised. He gave them this command, do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John, my, bro- my cousin, baptized with water, and that was fantastic. But in a few days, you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. And then they gathered around him and asked him, Lord, okay, power, cool. So are you gonna drive the Romans out? Is this the moment where we get, where we make Israel great again? Is this the moment where, where we get our, where we, where we go political? Jesus, let's do it. Jesus goes, oh, I, I'll work with your concept of power, but let me reframe it for you. He said to them, it is not for you to know the times or the dates the Father has set by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. You see, to pray yours is the power is also to understand that we now have work to do. Okay, wait for power, wait in Jerusalem, and the Holy Spirit's poured out, and it says, and they went about in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and to the uttermost bounds of the earth. The Spirit lit the flame, and the church raced out into the known world, baptizing people in the name of Jesus and healing the sick and feeding the poor and adopting children. You know where adoption agencies and orphanages came from? From Christians going into the streets. And kids that have been disregarded, Christians go, because Jesus Christ is Lord and because we've been filled with the Spirit, we'll take them. You will not, not have a family on our watch. We are the people of Jesus and Jesus adopts and we will adopt. The spirit lit the flame to pray. Yours is the powers to understand that we have work to do. But where does the ultimate power come from? Where is this? Where do we see power? Brett said it so beautifully at the offering. God the Father raised Jesus the Son from the dead. So yours is the power is the most natural thing we could say. Yours is the power of the God who raised Jesus. Power is yours. So tonight what I want you to see, if, the, if the, the summary of the gospels is we've got two kingdoms and two kings, this is my little growthy's brief summary of the gospels. Two kingdoms, two kings, two deaths, but only one resurrection. Worship accordingly. That's the summary. Two kingdoms, two kings, they both died, one was raised. Worship accordingly. <laughs> Just know where misplaced loyalties would go. Just know what it looks like to, to be misdirected. Like worshiping at Caesar's throne is misdirected. Worshiping at the power structures of the world, it's misdirected. Worshiping money and worshiping the, 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 the private jet flying over. It's so cool, it's so, so great, but it's just, it's temporary. It's, it's temporary. Enjoy it while it lasts, but Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father, and that story will never stop. And we as the people of God, we look at the Father raising his son from the dead by the power of the Spirit, and we go, yours is the power. You're the only one who can do that. You're the only one that has done that, and because of that, we will worship alone at your throne. Yours is the kingdom, and yours is the power. And finally, we say tonight, yours is the glory. Have you ever experienced the glory? Have you ever been in a moment where you just, take off your shoes, you're standing on holy ground. Who is this one? Just even the still, small voice. 
He doesn't have to be loud and domineering like Caesar. Just, I love you. I'm proud of you. You're mine. You're clean. You ever experience the glory of God where it just, it just takes you over? Sometimes it's in these corporate settings and holy ground and we're celebrating. We're, we're, we're worshiping and we're giving and we're telling stories and Sometimes it's in just the quiet of your prayer closet. Or sometimes the Lord will sneak up on you in the kitchen. Some of the best work I do is cleaning dishes and Jesus finds me at the sink. And he just... The Nicene Creed, we, we stand up and with the ancient church for 1,700 years, east and west, north and south, the people of God have said... He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead. He will come again in glory to judge the living. He ascended to heaven and he's seated at the right hand of the Father. And he will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead. And his kingdom will have no end because his is the kingdom and his is the power. And his is the glory forever. He defeated death and he sunk it in the grave. And on the third day he rose again in accordance with the scriptures. And he is the glorious Lord of heaven and earth, the God of ancient past and the God of ancient future, the one who was and is and is to come, glorious and majestic is our God. These people that Jesus is teaching to pray, he's teaching them to pray, yours is the kingdom. Hey, say this, talk to your father in heaven and say, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Feed us today and forgive us today for yours is the kingdom. And the... These people would have remembered Isaiah 6 when Isaiah went into the, the temple in the year that King Uzziah died. And all of a sudden, I see the Lord seated on the throne and the train of his robe filled the temple with glory and the temple doorpost shook and it filled up with smoke and Isaiah Isaiah falls down. He said, I'm a man of unclean lips and I dwell among a people of unclean lips. My eyes have seen the glory. Like, like we, we are so easily satisfied with cheap entertainment. Have you ever been in the glory? These people that Jesus is talking to would have remembered Ezekiel's vision of the wheel within a wheel. They would have remembered the, the vision of the valley of dry bones and son of man, can these bones live? And the spirit comes and they stood up on their feet, a great and mighty army. They would have remembered that. And Jesus is saying, pray to the father. Yours is the kingdom. Yours is the power and yours is the glory. He can do anything. Do you know who you're working with? This morning I was brushing my teeth and you're like, that's gross. That's just a gross thought. It's just, a, just move on. Uh, but I was in my room and Wilson was in, out in the living room and I was in, and I, I just, it's a prayer time in the morning, getting ready, trying to get the kids out and all this stuff. And I'm brushing my teeth and I finish and, and I, I put my toothbrush up and I go, hallelujah. I, I'm just by myself and I just, I just kind of shouted hallelujah. It's what I do. And I walk out in the living room and Wilson goes, dad, what happened? And I go, what do you mean? He said, what happened? I said, what do you, I really didn't know what he's talking about. He said, what happened? I said, what are you talking about? He said, you just shouted hallelujah. And, and he goes, what happened? I said, Jesus happened. Like, like I, I didn't know something had to happen for me to say hallelujah. I, I, so I dropped the kids off at school and I go to Starbucks to finish up my sermon and I walk in. And I'm doing, I see this lady walk in, she's got a mask on, and I, I'm not sure, I'm looking, is, is Glenda here? Is Glenda in the room tonight? Glenda, are you here? 
Glenda's probably watching online. But I saw Miss Glenda and her daughter Damaris. And I hadn't seen Glenda in a while. And, and she said, um, I went to work not long ago. And I had this migraine headache. And I, I couldn't see very well. And so I, I, I drove home. I took the medicine. It wasn't working. She's a nurse. So she said, I took the medicine. It wasn't working. And I went home. And my daughter, Damaris, she's never home on a Friday morning. But she was home that Friday morning. And, and she made me breakfast. And I didn't recognize eggs. She said, I didn't know what bacon was. She put bacon in front of me. And I said, what's that? And my daughter threw me in the car and raced me to the emergency room. They took me in. They started scanning. They found this massive brain tumor that was taking over her brain. And she said, I heard, she's a nurse. She said, I heard the nurses say to the doctor, it's a brain tumor. She said, no, it's not. Glenda said, no, it's not. And she said, all of a sudden, there was no one touching me, but I felt a hand on my shoulder. And I heard the voice of the Lord say, yes, it is. And it's benign. And I will be with you. And she said, they took me in for the scans, and sure enough, it was benign. And she said, they cut that thing out of there. She said, I'm getting my vision back. I'm getting my strength back. I lost my hair. Yours is the kingdom, and yours is the power, and yours is the glory forever. And right there in Starbucks at, at, at Union and Briargate, we, just, we had a prayer meeting saying, glory to you, Jesus. Glory to you, Jesus, for Miss Glenda. Thank you for Damaris. Thank you for Glenda. We're all sobbing, all three of us. And we didn't take over Starbucks and we didn't make it awkward and I didn't do an altar call and it was none of that. It was just, Lord, you are so glorious that you would take care of your servant and we celebrate you and we bless you and hallowed be your name, Lord. Your kingdom come, your will be done on the earth as it is. We praise you for Miss Glenda, yours is the kingdom and yours is the power and yours is the glory forever. This end phrase, the very last phrase that we're studying tonight is really a song. I wanna invite the team up because it's, this, it's, this, it's got this lyrical playfulness to it. Yours is the kingdom. Yours is the power. And yours is the glory forever. And, and the people of God, what do we do when we come into the presence of God? What do we do when we encounter the holy? We, we sing. Sometimes it's, it's, it's expressive and joyful and, and just combustible and, and beautiful. Other times it's this like gentle and tender and holy. And you almost have to sing it in whispers because God is so good. But we the people are the people who sing to the Lord all praise ends, all prayer ends in praise, guys. And all devotion ends in doxology. We don't just kind of study these things. What we do is we gather together in his presence and we say, look at who you are, Lord God Almighty, and we praise your name and we bless you and we honor you. So I'm gonna invite you to stand right now and we're gonna do this. We're gonna sing a song before we receive communion. We're gonna practice this. We're gonna sing, Is He Worthy? And I want you to get caught up into what's happening in heaven right now with the elders and the angels and the four living creatures that are gathered around the throne of this King of kings and Lord of lords. And I want us to, to lift our hands and to lift our song and to, to go for it, knowing that this is the thing that we do for the world. This is the thing that we will do into eternity. This is, this is our only playbook as we sing, yours is the kingdom and yours is the power and yours is the glory forever and ever and ever. And so, Father, we bless you. We bless you. you 
Go ahead and just talk to him right now. You be the worship leader. Tell him what you think about him. Eyes that burn like fire. The voice of Jesus, it's like the sound of many rushing waters. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. The whole earth is full of his glory. Jesus Christ, you alone are worthy and every other kingdom has been toppled and every other ruler has been toppled and every other old story has been toppled and we've got one story it's Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father and so tonight before we receive communion let's sing is he worthy
your communion elements ready. Let's prepare to receive from the Lord. If you don't have any, raise your hands and John and Wendy will bring you some. John, Jordan, right over here, yep. Is there anyone worthy? I think we found it. <laughs> I think we found it. On the night our Lord Jesus was betrayed, handed over to suffering and death, he took the bread. He gathered with people like us, willing, spirit willing, flesh weak, some decent moments, some really terrible moments. He gathered with people just like us. And he took the bread and he broke it and he said, this is my body. I will die for you. <laughs> I will hold nothing back from you. It's broken for you. And Jesus says, as often as you do this, you remember that. So Jesus, we say, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thine is the kingdom and thine is the power. And thine is the glory. church, you can receive the bread. On that same night, Jesus took the cup of wine and he said, this cup is the new covenant starting fresh. <laughs> it's not old. It's not, it's not an old story. It's new. It's a new story. New covenant. This cup is the new covenant. It's given in my blood. And it's given for the remission of your sins. Tonight, some of you need to know you're clean. You're forgiven. God is not mad at you. He has loved you with an everlasting love. As often as you do this, he says, remember. So tonight, Jesus, we bless you. We bless you. If you kept a record of sins, the psalmist said, who could stand? <laughs> we praise you that you've forgiven us and made us new and given us the new covenant. Church, tonight you may drink.
open your hands tonight to receive blessing as we go. I pray, Lord, that you'd make us a worshiping people. Worshiping people. Not as a last resort, as a first response. Worshiping people. I pray, Lord, this week you'd surprise us with the beauty of your holiness. Catch people off guard, Lord. When we're looking for it and when we're not looking for it, surprise us with the glory of your radiance. Move in on us, Lord. Give us Isaiah 6 moments. I saw the Lord seated on the throne. Let your glory fill our homes. Let your glory fill our apartments. Let your glory fill our offices. Let your glory fill schools during finals week. Let your glory overtake our lives. I pray, Lord, that we would be the people that go out into the world with the announcement that thine is the kingdom and thine is the power. Make us powerful, Lord. Lay hands on the sick and see them recover. Step into people's chaos and bring order. Step into people's fear and bring the peace of God. I pray tonight for my friends, bless them and keep them. Make your face shine upon them. Be gracious to them. Lord, lift your countenance upon every single one of them and all their people. Grant them peace, I pray, in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit and all God's people said. Let's praise the Lord for what he's done here tonight. Two things. I want to invite our prayer team down. If any of you need extended prayer about any issue, we would love to agree with you in prayer. Secondly, if you're new-ish around here, come see us at New Life Next, right out those doors in the student chapel. Go from here tonight in God's grace and peace. Much love.